0: I've really enjoyed uh, the last several weeks of withdrawal and return, and I've loved not talking about a series as though it has an ending, but a pattern as though it's just the beginning. And we, we are really hoping and desiring that as you have established this pattern, and, and my, my guess is that you haven't fully established it yet. I mean, like, if you ended today, you wouldn't be like, perfect, oh yeah, I do it every day, I'm good. Um, but there's actually kind of more to it. In fact, some of you, it probably took until today to realize why it was important. You know, I don't know about you, but it's, sometimes, you know, we would come into the nights of prayer that we've been doing, and they've been really unique. They've not been your typical, I, how many of you guys, how many of you have different definition for nights of prayer? Like, it's, sometimes you walk in, it means full worship band, it means, sometimes it means that everybody's just praying the whole time for an hour, and then other times, you know, whatever. And we've been spending the first 20, 25 minutes with just music, and everybody kind of goes their own way, although it's a smaller room. And it um, and just kind of sits with the Lord. And uh, know, sometimes it takes me the full 25 minutes to, to shut myself up. You, you kind of have to learn how to stop listening to yourself. And, and that's sometimes why we have such a tough time listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, Dallas Willard would tell you that Jesus didn't always look to heaven and go, what should I do now? Because he had gotten to a place with the Father where he knew what he would do now. He, he got to a place where he was so in line and in tune with the Father that there wasn't this like continual regular, oh my God, what to do? He just walked in step with the Lord. And, and, and I think that's our goal, isn't it? Obviously we're not Jesus. I mean will might be, but other, everybody else, we're, we are not Jesus. It takes time to get to a place where we feel confident and sometimes we even are, have been so, We've been so brainwashed in a sense to to think that if we make the decision that somehow God hasn't made it with us. How many of you distrust yourself almost more than anyone else on the planet? Nobody's going to raise their hand because I'm like, should should I? I don't even know if I should. Do I trust myself to make this decision? And some of us have have hesitated on decisions because we're not sure God has ripped the roof off the building and said go yet. And he's saying, have you waited on me? Yeah. Okay, go. I'm a good father. I'll tell you to stop if you need to stop. Is there waiting on the Lord? Yes. But God will will hold you in a place just as powerfully and as obviously as he will propel you into a place. And just trusting those moments, right? I don't think I'm going to go back into song. I'm already preaching. I can tell. I love you guys. Thank you, worship team. So good. Um, if I don't put them down, I will preach for three hours. So we've we got to shut them down for a minute. Um, but I really have enjoyed this. I've really enjoyed us kind of learning what it is to, to lean into the patterns of Jesus. And, and uh, by the way, if you are a guest with us today... Um, my name is Brandon, it's my lovely wife Meredith, and we have the privilege of pastoring C3 Fort Worth, uh, who we believe is going to impact the city of Fort Worth um, in ways that look uh, much different than just a Sunday morning service. Although I love Sunday morning service, I've loved this morning. I'm not totally sure we were done with worship yet, but I'm going to go. And, um, but I believe it's going to go beyond that. We are about the streets and hearts of this city, and the way people are going to see Jesus is if they see us. And so, no pressure um, so this year we kind of have committed ourselves to the patterns of Jesus. Some of this is by the things that I 've been listening to reading, and just some of the things that have been impressed on my heart i I've, I've been in the church for a long time I've grown up in the church, and some of these things it's crazy, but some of this i've 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 never really learned uh, at least not to this level and um you know, generations tend to, to ebb and flow. They tend to swing back and forth on the pendulum. We rarely ever get to a place where we all just hang out in the middle. Uh, we tend to go back and forth, back and forth. So what we think is the answer for our generation now will become the problem for the next one, and they'll have to solve it. And every generation has to solve their problem, OK? It is up to them. It is up to us to help them do that, uh, But but not by putting our solution on them, but by helping them find the solution that fits who they are and what they're doing. And so what's happening in a generation right now in the church is there's a generation wanting a little bit more. Uh, not because there's not depth in the church. Don't, don't, please don't accuse churches that are full on and all, in, like, as, as shallow. I don't think you arrive there by doing shallow things. I just don't. Um, now, there might be edges, but ev- edges, of every movement, end up different than the, the core and the center of it. That's, that's just the, the reality of every movement. Um, and and so uh, that's why you talk to the person at the edge of the, of a rally and they're talking on the news and you're like, that is not, what are you talking about? Uh, because they're not at the center of it. So every movement has its has its ebbs and flows and edges and different things. And Um, But right now, in this season of church, I find that there's a lot of, especially young people who haven't either grown up in church or grown up with people who have modeled practices or patterns of Jesus to help them discover, even over this withdrawal and return, I've watched some of you, um, and even myself, I've watched you kind of like, go wait, wait, okay, I can just sit here and wait on the Lord, I don't have to like, do anything? Like, I can just sit and wait on Jesus. I, I, I didn't know that. Or, or, you know, last week we had a few people hang out after service. In, in fact, today, I believe, right, today after service we're creating space. At the end, if you want to hang out in this room for 15 minutes after we're done, you can. Because how many of you know sometimes we get something really, really good and then we run out and we forget it because of the to-do list and the lunch we eat and whatever and we haven't really fully processed everything that the Holy Spirit started? And so we want to create space in the lobby for others and in here for Jesus. That is not to say they're exclusive. It's just to say that that we want to create that. So after the service today, when we pray and we're done, and you still got stuff going, and there's still things you're processing, and there's still things that are in your heart, there's still things in your mind, grab a friend, stay here, and pray together. as long as you need. Well, we have to be out by two. but but, but But we want to create those spaces, those places where you can do that. And I've really enjoyed this. Now, next week, we kind of are in a um, transition Sunday because we are moving into dinner party season. Hello. Uh, I'm super excited about that. We uh, gather around the table. And so we are starting a new pattern of Jesus, which was the temple and the table and back again. There is, a, there is a, a pattern to the way the early church, in fact, so many of us are like, we got to go to church every week? And uh, the, the early church would have been at the temple every day. And then they would have said, oh, let's go to each other's house every night. Who wants that life? Come on. Um, and so there was a pattern of this in the life of Jesus and in the life of the early church. And obviously the temple looked a little bit different than church on a Sunday morning does now. Uh, but the reality that we would come together and gather as the saints, and then we would, we would gather again, but in our neighborhood or on our street or in the places that we have influence around the table. Because how many of you know you're more real when you're eating food than when you're sitting in here dressed up in your coolest clothes, right? You, you're just more real when you're stuffing your face because some of you are still learning how to, like, I don't know about you, but every time I cut stuff, I push way too hard with the knife and the, flu- the, the food flies off the plate. Anyone else have that issue? Yeah, okay, I got a few, thank you, identify, and uh, we are unity here, and, uh, and so that's going to be really exciting, and then as we move into Easter, we'll move into a pattern of death and resurrection, that the pattern of following Jesus is a pattern of laying your life down so that you might pick your life up again, and, uh, and, it, it, and, and the truth is that many of us want to die to things that we wish weren't around anymore. Um, But we haven't learned what that looks like in our every day, every week, every month. And so I'm going to read the verse that we've kind of been hanging out on. Uh, Again, our goal this year is uh, stealing some quotes from John Mark Homer to to simply we're not trying to achieve something, we are trying to abide with someone. And um, the way we've said it, at least in this first pattern, is that we want to uh, get away to see Jesus, withdraw to see Jesus so that we can return looking more like him. And that is an ongoing thing. That is not just uh, these 21 days. It will take longer to look like Jesus. And the promise of the Bible, and this for some of you can be an encouragement and a challenge, um, the promise of the Bible is that he will be working on you and shaping you and changing you until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so just get ready because you're always going to be changing. Those of you who don't like change, sorry. And so I love, I love what we're doing here, and I'm really excited about seeing Jesus in you, me, and us uh, this year in 2020. Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, and it's not on the screen, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the what? Pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So our patterns, the way we live our life, the rhythm of our life, uh, will begin to create the place in which we live. How many of you know when you put patterns on the wall, that's not filling the space, but it's creating the space? You know you walk into some people's house and you get a vibe? You get a, like that's, okay, I get what you're about because of just the way the room is laid out. And the patterns of our lives will begin to create the space in which we will live our life. And that can be scary. And so we, we are pushing against some of the patterns of this world so that we can begin to establish the ones that Jesus established in our life. And just to touch on some things before we walk into returning, the practicalities of withdrawing. Um, especially as we stop doing the Wednesday night prayers, uh, while we jump into dinner parties uh, starting in a couple weeks. If you're interested in leading, hosting, being a part of dinner party this Wednesday night at John and Kristen's house, they are modeling dinner party for you. And even if you're a little bit hesitant, please let them take that hesitation away. Um, it is it is not meant to be a burden. It's meant to be life giving. And um, and so I would really love for you to be there Wednesday night. Uh, you don't have you you have not had to be here you know, for twelve weeks or something, just come be a part. They're serving you food and making it happen. But I would love for you to just think about what does it look like to continue to establish this pattern of withdrawal. For some of you that means you need to firmly establish the Sabbath. For some of you that, that word is scary. One you think it's legalistic. Uh, but Jesus says it's for us, not, it, not us for it. In other words, we, we are to be served by it. We are to be blessed by it, refreshed in it. And so, but some of you guys can't take a full day off. So maybe it might be in 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. where you, you shut off your phone. I have a buddy of mine, Aaron Snow, pastors in Atlanta. And uh, he's, this week for the first time, uh, shut off his phone for a full 24 hours. And I hyperventilated. So I, I do not disturb right now as far as I get. Uh, I'm working on it, y'all. Just relax. But some of that be established. Some of you just establishing a morning routine or an evening routine or a lunchtime routine because it is the only time you're away from your children. Um, some of you need to pe- plan out two, three days of prayer every year where you just you go and you find, find a campground, find a, a place, and you're just going to be there for the day. And you're going to take a notepad, you're going to take a Bible, you're going to leave your phone, and you're just going to be with Jesus. And it's going to take you the first six hours just to... I have a, uh, another friend who prays the Lord's Prayer, and he prays each part. And if you want to pray each part for an hour, you want to pray each part for two minutes. Whatever it is, you just pray each part. All right, Luke 5. I'm, giving, I'm kind of recapping everything, but I want to get to a place where we understand what we're, we're talking about here. Because we do not withdraw just to get away. We withdraw so that we can return. I think too often for many of us, and really for the church... We see an issue and a problem and a, a way in which culture is moving, and we withdraw to get away so that we aren't infected by it, or we aren't uh, impacted by it. Well, we, just, and, and, and all we do is we keep stepping further and further away from the very thing that we are actually meant to bring heaven to, right? And so heaven invading earth is the people of God living in it. And, and so for, for us, we withdraw so that we would return, We take a break so that we would return. We get away so that we can come back with a different level of confidence, strength, identity, power, uh, humility, grace, joy, peace. Whatever it is for that particular situation, you withdraw to be with Jesus so you might look more like him so that when you go back into whatever place you go back to, there is something different in that place. See, well, so we talked about this. We want to establish patterns so that we would adjust our posture because we do not want to walk into our workplaces or our neighborhoods or wherever else uh, slumped over. I'm just tired, and I get it. Please don't. I'm not. I'm not hitting any of. I'm just. I understand, but I don't want the church to be as tired as culture. I don't want the church to be as discouraged as culture. I don't want the church to lack as much vision as culture. I don't want the church to go, well, let's just live it up now and forget about tomorrow. That's not really, I know somebody go, well, no, 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 you're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. Yeah, you're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. That doesn't mean you don't know what's coming. It doesn't mean you don't pray for it. It doesn't mean you don't have vision for it. It doesn't mean you don't have faith for it. It just means you don't stress about it and worry about it. But you pray in today so that tomorrow is not as intimidating. Sometimes the reason you can't worry about tomorrow is because it will take place of you being confident and present in Jesus now. And so, you, so there, there must be something about our life as, as believers and as the church that we just don't withdraw, but that we withdraw to return. Too many of us withdraw and run. I remember this. Uh, I don't know if it's still a big thing because I, I did it one time. Uh, spin class. Anybody remember spin class? Pastor Meredith knows this story um, I, because I've only done it once. Uh, and so I, Meredith and I got our 24-hour membership, I'm um, 24-hour fitness membership. I'm sure it was in January. And we, we got this 24-hour fitness And we went. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, if you know anything about me, well, this is what, one of the primary things you learn about me early on. But eventually you would find out that I do not like bike riding. I think it is the most unpleasurable, uncomfortable ways to do an activity And sitting on that two-inch. Anyway, so it's like it's not, it's not fun, I don't think. Welcome to C3. And I remember, I remember uh, going to the spin class, and uh, I was, like, hoping they had, like, the fully padded seats, you know, like, put, t- tape a pillow to that thing. I don't care. Like, it's just not. And so I remember jumping in there. Mayor jumps in there. The room's dark, and I appreciated that. Um, and then there's this person up there like yelling at us and, uh, and we're, I'm, I don't know, it's like 10 minutes in and I go, babe, we didn't get water. Yeah, so like we're, I mean, we could have died. And so, I think it was like an hour class or something. Why did we do an hour? Yeah, whatever. So, I, so we, I get in there and, uh, and we, get, we start pedaling, we don't have any water. I go, babe, do you want a water? Husbands, some of you guys newly married. We got a few newly married, you know, couples in here, you know. Uh, this, is the, this is just strategy. Um, well, I feel like I shouldn't say it in public, but you've already used it. I already know this. Hey, babe, do you want fast food? Hey, babe, do you want to go to a movie? Hey, babe, do you want to go out with the girls? You know, like, hey, babe, and, and some of you, are like, are not with me because, actually, I want it. So I go, babe, do you need a Water. Because I love you, and I want to take care of your needs. I just needed a break. I was 10 minutes in. Maybe. Maybe. So I jump off the bike. She says, yes, I jump off the bike. <laughs> this is a true story. I feel bad. I feel like worse every year. I'm hoping, I'm going to do a pattern of forgiveness so I can let go of this. But I, I remember walking out of the thing and, uh, and going to look for water and not being able to find any water. And then the thought was, "Well, I can't go back in without water. That would just be terrible to make her think that water's on the way, and they're not. Be- they didn't. The water bottles were all out. Obviously, I wasn't going to cup any water in my hands and carry it to her. Um, so, so being the good husband I am, I didn't go back in. <laughs> <And> she co- <laughs> so she comes back out, and I'm on the basketball court just." You're working hard, man, just shooting. And, uh, and Mary comes out, and she's like sweating. She's like, babe, where's my water? So they ran out, babe. I don't know what to do. And some of us, quite frankly, some of us, when we don't know what to do, rather than going back in, right, we withdraw to get away, what if you walked into your Monday, Tuesday, and in fact, in Jewish tradition, the, 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 evening, the, the evening was the beginning of your day. So you didn't wake up in the morning and go, okay, how can I get ready for today? How can I prepare no, no, the evening was the beginning of your day. You started it around the table. You started it with family. You started it with friends. You started it by thinking about the next day. You started it by thinking about how today went. You start, you start the process of preparing. So you're withdrawing so that because you know you're going to wake up the next day and return to wherever you're going. And so you would end the day the way we think of it. You would end the day, uh, you, they would start it the way we end it they would have dinner, they'd get ready, they'd prepare, and then they would return. So many people, so many of us, we withdraw, we go home and then we just crash, right? It's the garage down culture that we live in now, uh, where you pull in, you shut the garage and you're done. There's no, We're not going out to meet the neighbors. And Meredith and I, we didn't necessarily mean to do this, but our garage from 3 o'clock in the afternoon till 9 o'clock in the evening is open. And The neighborhood kids come over and steal all of our stuff, and we end up talking to all the parents, and all the guys walk by, and we live in a cul-de-sac, so it's kind of nice, easy, and we, this just, that's just where we're at, we just, everybody come on, let's hang out, and we end the day, and it's refreshing, and it's full of life, and we want to be people who do not withdraw to go, hey, hey, culture, culture. I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm going to go get, do you guys want to just stay, like, well, I y'all stay here, I'm going to go over here and get away from you, because you're terrible, and you're stressing me out, no, no, how about, what if it was this, I'm going to withdraw, because I've got something for you, hey, I'm going to withdraw, because I have something that I know when I come back is going to bring life into this situation, I'm, I'm going to withdraw, because I'm going to be with Jesus, and then I'm going to be like the disciples who, when the Pharisees looked at them, they could tell they had what, been with Jesus. Jesus, ordinary, untrained men who had been with Jesus. What if the church looked like people who withdrew from situations, not because they couldn't handle the situation, but because they needed to go get what was going to fix the situation? What if the church withdrew understanding that if I just go get with the Lord, I'm going to walk back into that place with something that's going to change and bring life and bring hope? In fact, if you look at what Jesus did, Jesus was that. Jesus withdrew and returned often. Jesus, this is a pattern that he showed. We read it in Luke 5, and we've said it every week since, the Luke chapter 5 verse that, that has kind of been the where we've gone this entire series, which just simply says, but the news about him spread even more. And Jesus would tell people to stop talking, stop telling people about me. He'd try to get away, but the news about him spread even more, and large crowds would come together to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Yet he often, everybody say often, everyone he often withdrew to deserted places and prayed. Jesus just always made prayer a priority. And this is right on the heels of a successful ministry trip. This is right on the heels of a great Saturday evening meeting. You know, he'd had a great day of ministry, and there's still more people wanting his attention. And yet he says, oh, no, 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 I I need to go be with the Father. Charles Spurgeon says, and I don't have this quote today, I I, I gave them a few, but not all of them. Secret prayer is the secret of prayer. The soul of prayer, the seal of prayer, and the strength of prayer. He goes on to, to speak to the idea that anyone can come together in a group gathering and begin to pray. It's when you get in private that you begin to see what really we're praying about, what we're praying for. And this idea is so important because it is really, truly the private places of our life that begin to make way into the public places of our life. There is—I I, want to just debunk the myth that somehow, some way, you can keep those two things separate. That somehow, forever, and until just living your life, that somehow you're going to keep all the public places nice and tidy and easy while your private uh, life is a mess. And the private places of our life, my grandfather used to say private practice determines public performance. That when we get in private and get with Jesus, then Jesus will begin to show up in the public places of our life. Will we take the time privately? And we said this last week, another word for often withdrawing into lonely places, desolate places, there's another word for that, and that's wilderness. And the challenge of that sometimes is that when we get away into the wilderness, we're not actually entirely sure what's still running Wild. Usually the wilderness is the line. It's the place you don't go. You stay on this side of the wilderness. You don't go in there. But it's only until you begin to go there enough times that you begin to master what is actually happening there. And for far too many of us, we avoid those places. We avoid the silence. We avoid the moments of just being with Jesus and the phone off and the just getting away because we're worried about what's still running wild in the wilderness of our life. The unforgiveness, the hurt, the things we haven't grieved. The, the, the things we haven't dreamt about in a long time because we, it didn't go well the first time, the second time, or the third time. Now, I'm believing this is a year, just like Luke 179 says, that the sun is going to rise on us. It's going to rise on you, that the sun is going to rise upon us, and you and every one of us will begin to have a horizon that we haven't seen in a long time. And Jesus would withdraw, get away, so that he might return Luke chapter 6, I'm just going to read a few, and I'm going to, I'm going to pull these together, and, and then we'll end today. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 says, During those days he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God. When daylight came, he summoned his disciples, and he chose 12 of them. One quote from David Guzik says this, Jesus was about to choose his disciples. In one sense, there was nothing in Jesus' three years of ministry before the cross more important than this. These were the men who would carry on what he had done, and without them, the work of Jesus would never extend through the whole world. No wonder Jesus gave this an entire night of prayer. So Jesus withdraws, gets away, all right? There's another example of this, and he comes back, and he chooses the 12 disciples that he's going to spend the, uh, the, the, the majority of his time with. He withdraws and comes back and chooses 12. I I just have a a, a thought that the reason it took all night is because he's choosing between some really good people. Right? He's got some big decisions to make. And Jesus withdraws. And we said this last week. We only know of the, 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 the high priestly prayer of John 17 where Jesus is praying for unity. And then we have the prayer of Gethsemane where Jesus is praying if there is any other way to do this. And we only have those two records of really of succinct actual prayers where we know the transcript of, of his prayers. And then he gives us the Lord's prayer. And I don't know about you, but I, just, I have this inkling, this thought that the Gethsemane prayer is not the only time the Gethsemane prayer is prayed. And not to say that he was saying that throughout his life, no, 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 no. don't don't, take this away from me. But to say that there were moments in Jesus' life when he's leaning into his humanity where he is saying, I I don't know what to do here and I need to pray. One book that I've read, that the title says everything you need to know about the book. You are too busy not to pray. You are too busy to not give yourself time to spend time with Jesus and let the Holy Spirit speak into your world. Too busy not to pray, and Jesus had decisions to make while he walked this earth, where he would give himself to prayer. So in Luke six, we see him move away, so that then he comes back with a decision in mind. Mark chapter one verse thirty-five says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he got up, went out, and made his way to to a deserted place, and he was praying there. Simon and his companions went searching for him. They found him and said, everyone's looking for you. Isn't that the pressure? Right now we put that pressure on ourselves. We say things like that to ourselves. It's so pr- I got to get I got I got to let everybody know what I'm doing on Instagram. I got to do all these things. Disciples come to him. Everybody's looking for you. And he said to them, "Let's go on to the neighboring villages." I want you to catch what's happening. Jesus is having a successful ministry moment. He's doing some incredible things, and then he goes off to pray, and the disciples come to him and say, hey, hey, we've got more people with more demands, with more things. They need you right now, and Jesus' response is what? Let's go on to the next village. Let's go on to the next place. I, don't, I can't help but read that sometimes and think, well, that's, that's not nice. Well, that's... These people need him. Why is he leaving? He can't leave. That's terrible. And I think this is what we tend to do. We tend to say that Jesus has to do it all when really Jesus has started something and he's expecting us to continue it. And when he gave us the Holy Spirit, he says, hey, every day the Holy Spirit's going to be shaping you more and more into the image of Christ. And you are going to do greater things. And you will have the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And you will continue to work this thing out. You will continue to pray heaven into earth. And so Jesus says this statement. I, I just, I've always wrestled with this until you read the very next line. He says, let's go on to the neighboring villages so that I may preach there too. And here you go. This is it. This is why I have come. This is why I have come. So we went into all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. David Guzik says again, yet he having risen a long while before daylight, made less time for sleep and more time for prayer. In one translation, this verse actually says, for this purpose. See, sometimes you withdraw because there's a decision to be made. Sometimes you withdraw to be reminded there is a purpose that exists. Some of us, we are lacking in our strength and confidence in the purpose and the why behind our life because we haven't spent in very much time with the one who created it. We haven't, we haven't spent just enough time with the one who made it, the one who shaped it, the one who breathed life into it. Be just like Adam, shaped the body and then breathed the spirit because you, are, you and I are shape and spirit. We need both. And too often we rely on the shape of our lives to provide for us, and it doesn't work. The shape of our life has to be enlivened by the spirit of God. And sometimes what we do is we forget. I don't know, maybe some of you guys, even in this 21 days of withdrawal and prayer, have been reminded. Not fully and completely. You don't have a full picture of it yet, but you've been reminded of some dreams and some purpose and some vision and some why's that you had forgotten about or had been kind of leaving in the back room because you weren't sure you wanted to tackle that again. Maybe you had a difficulty with it. Maybe you had a rough season. Maybe some things that's still a little bit bruised up and you're still a little bit recovering from some of those things. And yet, as you've withdrawn with him, all of a sudden there's been this this kind of like, there's been this reminder that there are dreams and vision and why in your spirit. And it's beginning to kind of get life again. And some of us struggle in the purpose of our life because we haven't withdrawn with the one who has made it. And sometimes it takes more than a day. Some of you are like, well, I tried it yesterday and I didn't re- get reminded of the purpose. Yesterday was you just trying to get rid of all the things that have, have overwhelmed your purpose. There's a, there's a process and a system here of going, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to be with Jesus. Because what Paul says is that who you are is wrapped up in Christ Jesus. The only way to get to me is to get to him. The only way to get to me is to go through him. The only way to really fully understand who I am is to fully understand who Jesus is. And in Matthew 14, Matthew 14, it says, immediately, and this verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat, go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. Now, we're not going to talk about Peter walking on water here. We're not going to do any of that, but I, I, I just I want you to hear this. Okay, while he dismissed the crowds. Because Jesus, one commentator says this, sometimes the disciples would muck it up. Sometimes the disciples would rely on the kingdom Jesus, the power Jesus, the one who was supposed to come in on a horse and a spear with a sword and a shield and was just going to dominate everything. And he's like, no, no, no. y'all just need to go so I can dismiss this crowd because you don't get it. You aren't fully understanding it yet. So I want you to go. I know there's a storm. Well, you don't know. I know there's a storm coming. You need to just go. I'm going to, pr- I'm going to get rid of these guys, and I'm going to begin to pray. So he went up on the mountain by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But the, the boat was already over a mile from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Around 3 in the morning, he came toward them, walking on the sea. I, I ask the question for you with this. The first one is th- there's decisions to be made in your life. And you've, you've kicked them down the road. You've kicked that can down the road far too long. And part of that is, is just simply withdrawing. Not, and this is the balance of these moments, right? The balance of withdrawing is that you're not going there for the express purpose of making a decision. You're going there with the intention of being one who would guide you in the decision. Does that make sense? You're not going because I want a present. You're going to go to be with the Father who can provide the present. Right? Who, who will and in the midst of doing all those things, he will guide you and lead you and direct you in the ways you should go. When I withdraw with him, decisions get made. When I withdraw with him, purpose is brought back to the forefront. And when I withdraw with him, power is imparted in my life. There's there is, there is there no getting around this if you want to live this spiritual life that we, we, we call Christianity. There's is, there is no way around. Being with Jesus, withdrawing to to see Him, if we want to live in the power and the purpose and the clarity that He walked with, we must live like He did and make it a pattern of withdrawing to be with Him because He wants to be with us. Because the question is you will return. You will. With what? I I just, I don't want to keep walking the same streets and going to the same places and being the same person. I think so often we we are fighting for a position, a title, a, a role, a thing that somehow gives us validity and gives us importance. And we've said this in this pattern and adjusting posture thing is that we also then want to begin to inhabit places we don't want to try to search for positions. We want to inhabit places. In other words, it doesn't matter the position I have because I have a posture that's different. I want to walk into whatever place I am, whether I'm on at the top of the totem pole or at the bottom or somewhere in between. I want to be someone who walks in with power. So no matter where I am, in my space and role and in the places that I inhabit, I bring something with me. You will return. And I, what I'm wondering, I guess, to extend that question, to expand on it just a little bit, is I, for some of us in the room, we need to return to a dream God put in our heart 10 years ago. And, and some of us, man, we think we have to give God, like, the fully written, fully edited manuscript for the new book. Like, like, we need to make sure it's all ready to go, put it in his hands, and go, that's it. I just want to encourage you. Sometimes your dream looks like a rough draft. Sometimes where you're going next is not where you will stay. We have this weird thing that we do in culture where we we, we, we kind of hyper focus on just right now. We forget all the progress we've made and we forget the progress we still want to make. And yet, still being content here. But we will not. We just will not stay there. Some of you will return to dreams. Some of you will return to relationships. Some relationships, some things that uh, maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, uh, maybe it's situations, but you're gonna return. And you're gonna return different. And someone's gonna look at you and go, wow, that I one, I didn't think you were, I thought you were withdrawing to run. I thought you were trying to get out of here. I thought you were trying to make up excuses to get off the bike. But you look different. There's something different about who you are, There's something different about the way you carry yourself. And here's the thing that I maybe want to challenge all of us in a a culture of go take more land and go some of you are going to return to the exact same place you were yesterday and that's not to be discouraging but if you understand that the place is not the defining factor of who you are it's where you went and now you're returning from that defines the place you are now in in other words the place doesn't have to change. You do. And when you walk into these places, you've been there. You, you might have been in the job for 10 years. You might have been in the relationship for 12. You might have lived on that street for 20. But when you withdraw with Jesus, something shifts and changes in you that you begin to look more like Him and you walk back to the same places. One commentary said about Luke 5, says this, and I love the way it says it, that is the remote grazing lands talking about withdrawing to remote places that is the remote grazing lands like the desert in which he afterwards fed the 5,000 I want you to hear this because what the commentator is trying to connect here is that for many what Jesus did is he would withdraw into the places that later on he would begin to multiply five loaves and two fish same exact places Where he would withdraw to be alone with the Father, and then he would return to walk on water. The same places where he would withdraw to be with the Father, and then he would return and preach the Beatitudes. The same places. The place didn't change. But God had put something in Jesus that he continued to walk in. And you and I... I, we do not need to go keep changing it up and changing all the things. And ch- Well, if I just got a new thing, and if I just got this, and if I just got that title, and if I just had this clothing, if I just had that card, if I just had a new place. No, 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 no. You become a new person. You become a new person that looks more and more like Jesus because as Dallas Willard says, Jesus is actually looking for people he can trust with his power. But only constant students of Jesus will be given adequate power to to fulfill their calling to be God's person for their time and their place in this world. They are the only ones who develop the character which makes it safe to have such power. William Barclay says, prayer will never do our work for us. What it will do is to strengthen us for work which must be done. you withdraw because you're going to return. You withdraw because the dream's coming back. You withdraw because there are decisions to be made. You withdraw because there are relationships to restore. You withdraw because there are streets that need to see Jesus. You withdraw because there are hearts that need to see Jesus. You withdraw because there are avenues and and places that need to see Jesus. You withdraw because the creative place that you spend time needs to see Jesus. You withdraw because the business that you run needs to see Jesus. You withdraw because the clients you work with need to see Jesus. You withdraw because the person that works in the cubicle next to you need to see Jesus. You withdraw because the the people who are buying the shirt at the store you work at need to see Jesus. You withdraw because as you withdraw, Jesus imparts himself to you. Jesus makes you look more like more like him because of the Holy Spirit. And you return a different person. So I am not limited by the places that I find myself. I'm not limited by the situations I am in. I am not limited by those things. But I've been given a new identity in Christ Jesus that the Holy Spirit is shaping over and over and over again every single day to make me look more and more like Him listen tonight our night of worship I really do believe that tonight is a night for many of you and not because tonight's the only night but for many of you who've been on this journey with us over the last 21 days tonight is a night to kind of put a stake in the ground and say this is who I'm going to be tonight I believe there's going to be freedom in your life Tonight, I believe there's going to be hope restored. Tonight, I believe there's dreams that are going to come over the horizon. You're going to begin to see them with more clarity. But we don't have to wait till tonight. We, don't, we can, Right now. Right now, as you've withdrawn from culture and society and responsibilities and all that stuff to be in the room this morning, I believe God wants to help you return looking more like him, created in his image, with purpose. I want you to bow your heads, and I'm just going to give you a moment. I just want you to do this, God. I just want you to say this in your own heart and mind. God, what is it do you want me to do with what I've heard today? What is the thing? What is the step? What is the decision? Or just simply, what are you reminding me of? I'm going to give you 30 seconds just to sit in that for a minute. I'm going to be quiet. I just want you to ask God, because he speaks to you too. I thank you for today I thank you that today today, right now this is part of the day you have made and we will rejoice in it we will be glad in it God for some of us we've walked this 21 days or or for some of us we've walked a season now just searching for answers searching for things searching for a new posture God, as we end this kind of group of talks around the pattern of withdrawal and return, and I pray that today we would hear your voice, that we'd be confident in who you've created us to be. God, that we would understand what you've done in us and what you want to do. And God, in all of this, In all of this, that our primary goal, our primary desire and want is to simply see you like never before. So God, I pray where there's fear, where there is fear, it lives no more. for some of us we have gone into the wilderness over the last 21 days and there's just things that we didn't realize are still running wild there are things and thoughts and hurts and pains and fears that have just continued to show up and and you're reminding us them us of them not because you're trying to make us feel bad or you're trying to remind us that we can deal with this too we can see new life in this too we can we can move beyond this as well Oh, when I said that word fear, it just it just really struck a chord in my spirit. Maybe for some of you, that's where we're at. And for some of you, the withdrawal is where the fear's at because you're not sure. Man, is this really God? I, 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 I'm trying. I'm doing my best. And I just—I I feel like I'm not sure. And I, I, That dream, yeah, I remember it, but I, I'm a little worried about that. I've, I've tried that before. I went there before. It didn't work out the way I thought. I did some of us, we looking to return and we're wondering what, what the fears and the, the decisions we have to make and the, and the things we need to do. And some of them look like walking on water. Some of them look like returning and doing something that looks a little bit impossible, looks a little be, bit beyond our ability. And I just, I want to pray over that. So if that's you and that hit you when I said that and that just hit you really strongly, that there's just a, There's something, and maybe you wouldn't call it fear, worry, anxiety over a decision that you know God's really begun to put on your heart. Fear of stepping back into this particular relationship or this arena. If that struck you, I want to pray over that. Would you just right now, boldly and courageously, because we're in this thing together, would you just raise your hand if that struck you and you want to return but your little... Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else who say, Yeah, yeah, that's that's me. I, thank you. Anyone else? Yeah. Awesome. A few of us. Anybody else who say, Yeah, I'm I'm ready to. Go.